1: You think football is still fun? Uh, yes. yes sir? Yes, no. No? Sir, sir, uh, it was fun. Not anymore, though, is it? Is it? No, not, not No, not, it's, not anymore. it's not fun anymore. No. Not even a little bit. Just look at that. He hit the ball. Gotta get some free steak. <laughs> oh, you yeah. having fun
0: yet? Oh, yeah. I'm having a blast. Thanks. Good.
2: All right. Welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the podcast where all movies are sports movies. Brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Banduho. Today we're diving into hockey, diving way into the 80s with young blood, Rob Lowe, Patrick Swayze, and Keanu Reeves in a hockey movie. Wild times. Before I started this podcast, I had no idea this movie existed. I want to shout out our Big Screen Sports Patreon group. They voted on this one. Pick this one. Uh, it was something that was up for a vote multiple times. Finally won. I want to thank them and shout them out, especially our big chill producer level patrons. That is Aaron Figueroa, Mike Schubert, Steve Rogers, Kevin Frost, Mike D Ryan, Yeager, Mike Trish, James, Kowaluski, Chris, Mikoski, Andrew Teagle, John Craig, Sam Smith, Zach, Rich, Jason Alba, and of course, classic stadium fire, the sponsor to all our patrons movie episodes, a laser cut wood stadium replica from classic stadium fire is the coolest piece of sports memorabilia for any office man cave. She shed even a nursery, any room in the house. It's the coolest thing there. My replica of Rosenblatt Stadium is my favorite piece of sports memorabilia in my office. Visit the link that is in the show notes to their Etsy shop. See which options they've got in the shop or put in a custom request for your favorite ballpark or stadium. They also make a great gift as well. Uh, You get 10% off at Classic Stadium Fire with code BIGSCREEN. 10% off, code BIGSCREEN. So big thanks to them, all of our patrons, for supporting the show and picking this movie you go to patreon.com slash big screen sports you can vote on movies for the show to cover just like young blood we've got two polls up right now for august movies a uh, an anniversary film and then your classic patrons pick where they nominate it and then they vote on it Uh, you get schedule updates you get ad free episodes you get stickers we got a mailing going out soon so be on the lookout for that if you're a current patron Uh, and you get to support the show which uh, which totally helps keep this thing going so again, today we're talking Young Blood, Andrew Buckholtz from Awful Announcing and the comeback on to talk a movie that he really enjoys, movie that I really enjoyed. So let's dive in. Okay, joining me for tonight's episode of Big Screen Sports. You can catch him covering sports media at Awful Announcing and sports and pop culture at the comeback. Andrew Buckholtz. Andrew, thank you so much for joining Big Screen Sports.
3: No problem. Thanks a lot for having me, Kyle.
2: Of course, yeah, no, I've been looking forward to this. I This movie is a long time coming. Before we get into it, tell the folks where they can follow you, where they can catch all the things you're doing.
3: Absolutely, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Andrew Buckelt. Uh Most of what I do is sports media at awfulannouncing.com, and then I also do some general sports training at Comeback.com.
2: And I've I've been following you for a long time and I actually the reason we've connected on this episode is because I know you're a fan of this movie so I'm excited to to break this one down it was a first time first time watch for me it was actually first and second time watch for me but we're talking about Young Blood the 1986 hockey drama a 17-year-old, by the way, I, I, I caveat this all the time, but I, I pull these summaries off IMDb, and this is the weirdest written one I've ever, like, some <laughs> of them are just bad. This one is just written strangely. A 17-year-old farm boy is offered an ice hockey tryout. His brother drives him to Canada. He has fast legs, slow fists, but is chosen. Will he learn to use his fists and play ice hockey the Canuck way? Will he get the coach's cute daughter? That's that's it. That's the summary. I, I don't know who wrote that, but it's really <laughs> rough. Uh, it started, started Rob Lowe, Cynthia Gibb and Patrick Swayze written and directed by Peter Markle. Got a 44% on Rotten Tomatoes. But Andrew, I want to want to kick it to you right off the bat. I know a lot of the hockey fan listeners of this show. Like this this has kind of a cult following among hockey fans and and just sports movie fans in general of being a good hockey movie. There's not there's not really a deep roster. Of, of great hockey movies when you, you kind of look at it when did you first experience this movie like what is this movie to you
3: yeah so i, I think the first time i watched it is probably about a decade ago at this point so that's still quite a while after it came out and uh i think you're, you're right it's um there isn't a deep roster of hockey movies. I quite like hockey. So I think that's what sort of drew me to this in general. Um, I was intrigued by the cast. I mean, definitely young Rob Lowe, young Patrick Swayze, uh, Keanu Reeves is in here. It's uh, It's arguably one of the hottest
2: movies of all time when you, when you get into that.
3: (laughs) Right, right. Absolutely. And, and yeah, I mean, I think uh, there's definitely some things that, maybe haven't aged well we'll get to that but uh, i think there's a lot of stuff here that is good and there it, there's a lot of stuff that is a fun watch and makes it enjoyable and uh, i re-watched this uh this week and yeah i mean there's some quibbles but it was a good time
2: yeah i say sometimes there are movies that have like the good frame of a house or a good foundation but they just didn't didn't build anything out this one has like a good frame and they put in a good kitchen and the floor plan's great. They maybe even got the flooring in and then they just like there's some stuff they didn't do a good job on any of the bathrooms or anything like that. It's stuff <laughs> it's stuff like that. But for you, is this a Hall of Fame All Star starter or bench warmer sports movie?
3: I think it depends on your perspective and it depends on where you're coming into it from. I I think if you're considering just on sports movie, I think we're talking starter level uh, because there are other movies I think that do sports better and other movies that maybe even do hockey better. I think where this one does move up to maybe an all-star level is if you, if you enjoy 80s movies, this is a very 80s movie. And it's sort of, it's an 80s action movie. It's it's like Top Gun that hap, or Roadhouse that happens to take place on ice. And so if that sounds good to you, this is going to be more of an all-star level for you.
2: Yeah, I think for me, it's a starter. But I think, and we'll get into this, I really think it had the pieces there to be an all-star, even a Hall of Fame movie. Like I feel like in a way, this could have been Hockey Bull Durham. Um, and it's, it's a little different and what's being put behind it. It's, it's really cool how it catches Keanu is a complete afterthought in, in this yes. movie. Like it, yeah, uh, frankly, lame. it's a dumb. It's a dumb luck. Yeah. It's a dumb luck thing that they have him in here, but with, with Rob Lowe and Patrick Swayze, it's, it's them. They, they've got some fame. They've got some, some notoriety. Um, they've both been in the outsiders together. Uh, Rob Lowe's coming off St. Elmo's fire, but Two years later, there's no way you could get these guys in this movie. Again, at least with Swayze, because Swayze breaks out the next year. Dirty Dancing's a huge hit, and then he goes on that little run where it's like Point Break, Ghost. Um, he's you know he's one of a premier actor. Low kind of takes a little longer to figure out what's really going to work for him. Like here, he's done the the hot '80s guy thing. Um, he get, I think he gets sober at some point, kind of in the late '80s, and then um, and then you know fig- kind of finds his niche, especially with, with TV. But having these two. Young guys who are very dynamic on screen. They're both very charismatic, very good. Like I, you know, I, I would have loved to have seen even more Swayze, but I, I, this one had a ton of potential. But the fact that you do have this kind of small offshoot hockey movie, and the two guys you get to lead it are both great, uh, bodes really well. Like it, it's definitely a starter for me, and, and it had a lot more kind of kind of working off of it. Um, with hockey movies in general, like we said, there's not. It's not really a rich text. Um, They don't get I I feel like hockey is pretty hard to shoot. Uh, It's kind of the same the same reason. We'll get into this, I think, on next week's episode, why there's not a ton of golf movies, hockey, like golf, kind of hard to shoot. Um, or at least it can be. Do you can you make an argument that this is on the hockey movie Mount Rushmore?
3: I think you can make an argument, but I think I think the argument really is about the fourth spot. I think hockey movies. You've got Slapshot. You've got which Slapshot has some action, has some comedy, is all around great. People who like hockey movies are mm-hmm. really going love that. Yeah, you've got Miracle, which I think is the best. Like. Very serious hockey movie and does that, that very good. well. is inspirational to a lot of people on on a lot of levels. And then I think the one that would probably take the third spot and that is maybe a better executed version of this movie is Goon. And uh, Goon it came uh, Goon is much more recent, came out <laughs> about a decade ago, but it's got a lot of the same beats of the, the the difference between fighting and scoring the dynamic of that. It's got a lot of the same relationship things and it's maybe a little more fully realized. And I think the people I know who like hockey movies really love that. So I think this is love in the it. contention for the f- Yeah. Fair enough. And there, there there's some other ones. Like you you can, you can argue about the rocket about mystery, Alaska, and so on. I think this is in that conversation. If it's going to be on the Mount Rushmore depends on what you specifically want out of your hockey movies.
2: Yeah. I think there will be like the, the battalion of nineties kids who will come and fight for one of the mighty ducks movies. But if you're in reality, if you're going to really rewatch something as an adult and not with like one of your kids or something like that, I think you're, you're more inclined to go to young blood or mystery Alaska. I was actually kind of going back and forth on those two movies. Um, you know, as far as, as far as what I enjoyed more, and they were both first time watches for me in the course of doing this podcast both voted on, you know, by the Patreon group, and um, Mystery Alaska again. It's like a thing where we got Russell Crowe in a random offshoot hockey movie right before he rips off yep. three best actor nominations in a row. It's it. They're both like fortuitous timing. I think this. I think this had more potential than Mystery Alaska. I think I might like Mystery Alaska better. Just. I, it's mm. really fun to watch Russell Crowe be like a, a hockey player in, in a small Alaskan town, but they're, they're both, they're both quality. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fight you on either. I think you're, you're hundred percent right with the, um yeah with the, the first three. I don't think that's, I don't think that's debatable.
3: I would just add to that uh, though you, you mentioned the mighty ducks and I think that something from there is absolutely in that conversation too. But then again, that, that very much depends on what you want out of a movie. Like that leans way harder into the sillier, leans way harder into the like real young kids coming of age. I think those movies are great. I've fairly enjoyed D2 in particular, but uh, yeah, it it, it it this has an argument as maybe slightly more serious, slightly more adult.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, th- I, I think you're right. I think you're spot on there. Um, the last thing I wanted to ask you and this is, so if, if this had happened in real life, it happens in, in 86. So it's about little, little over 35 years since this has happened. How much time do we think Racky has spent in prison in those 35 years? <laughs> well,
3: I think it's, it's a question of, of prison or of minor league hockey. I mean, I, I think Racky is absolutely a guy who has a like 20 year minor league hockey career as the goon,
2: right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's you're right it in comparing it to Goon because it really is like that except Racky in Goon guy. leave yeah in Goon leave Schreiber and um and Sean William Scott are both really endearing characters in their own ways like Racky is just like oh this guy might be a serial killer like if he hadn't found <laughs> hockey he would have been breaking legs for like a local mobster and he still might be doing that might be absolutely. <laughs> yeah Rack, racky was a tough hang um, you, you know what
3: he what team he he, he plays on the team. i don't know if you ever saw the documentary out but there is this great untold on uh on the trashers the the danbury connecticut minor league trashers that were run had a lot of mob actual mob connections and yeah that that's where oh, i've been
2: playing I, yeah i've i've heard of that die i've not would you recommend it because i oh, have I seen i've seen I the trailer amazing
3: for it. yeah yeah, it's one. It's one of the best sports documentaries I've seen in a long while. It's just such a wild story, and I think it hits at something. To, uh, something I think Youngblood does well is it's. It's not just a hockey movie. It's very specifically a Canadian junior hockey movie, and there and especially and Canadian junior hockey in the 80s in the old barns in the arenas with the portraits of the queen hanging and so on and this isn't the shiny nhl arenas this isn't the nice new specifically built for junior hockey arenas and so i, th- I think um that w- that documentary was interesting too because it really captured minorly cocky and that's what Slapshot really captures is minorly cocky but there's a lot of things very specific to each level of hockey. And I think Youngblood does a good job of that for the most part.
2: That's what I like about, about Youngblood and and Goon and Mystery Alaska is capturing the culture of hockey around a town and how kind of immersed a town can be. And, it, and it's different. Like Mystery Alaska is obviously set in Alaska and Goon and um, Youngblood are, are about Canadian hockey, but I I like how they kind of engross you in that. And you feel like this one does a good job. You you feel this is the town's team, and Mystery Alaska is I think the best example of that because there's literally the town's team. Um, so yeah, I, I thought this one I, I I like that. I really like that aspect of this one. Um, the IMDb trivia on this one will be pretty brief. It's not it's not too much of a rich text, honestly. A lot a lot of stuff that's just like. You know, not really worth conversing about. But as far as hockey, previous hockey experience, Keanu Reeves had hockey experience upon being cast, having been MVP and nicknamed the Wall for his goaltending capabilities at De La Salle's college team in Toronto, Ontario. Patrick Swayze had been trained as a figure, trained as a figure skater, but never played hockey. And Rob Lowe had to be taught to ice skate before filming began. We do get a lot of slow mo Rob Lowe skating. the The classic sports movie. Uh, Sports movie trick for this guy can't really play more uh essentially the Wesley Snipes and white May can't jump a lot of Sidney Lowe slow slow in that one.
3: I think the other thing that's interesting with that too, is I'm not the best necessarily picking out when it's a double, but with Lowe in particular, there seem to be a lot of cases where cut to his feet, cut to his face, cut to his feet, cut to his face. And so it, it feels like there's maybe some stunt doubling going on there, but that is interesting that uh, Swayze had the skating background because he, he, his certainly looks a little more natural to me.
2: Yeah, Swayze in general, um, Swayze and I—I I can't remember. I think I watched there was like there's like a Netflix series on the the movies that made us or something. There's one on Dirty Dancing, and Swayze actually was a trained dancer. His mom mom was a dance instructor, and so he's got that kind of rhythm, and I guess that translates to. To skating is as, uh, as well. Um, this movie is loosely based on the ice hockey experiences of writer and director Peter Markle. When Markle filmed the hockey schemes, he worked while on ice skates. This does, and I I will say, I've said it on the show before, I'm not the biggest hockey fan. I think going to hockey games are great. I just don't really follow the, the sport in general. And to, so this might be a complete outsider's point of view, but this to me does feel like a movie made by someone who loves hockey because you can tell in sports movies are made by someone who isn't that quite familiar with the sport.
3: Yeah, I think, I think that's completely true. And uh, that's interesting too. That's based on some of his own experiences because like I was saying earlier, this movie seems to really understand junior hockey and what junior hockey was like at that time, who was playing it, how the Canadians and Americans got along, how the English Canadians got along the French Canadians. Like, There's a lot here that feels authentic. And I think that's interesting. Shot scenes on skates too, because a lot of the hockey action looks pretty good to me. I don't, I don't necessarily have the most trained eye for what's great and what's not, but it, a lot of it looks pretty good to watch.
2: Yeah. Especially for being, being 86 and being, Mm -hmm. Uh, it hamstrung a little bit by your lead, not being a player. I mean, that's where miracle is kind of the gold standard in that they just went out and mm-hmm. cast a bunch of ex ex hockey players. And the only actual actor they cast was the goalie. So they could switch him out effortlessly with the double. So the hockey, that movie looks incredible.
3: Mm-hmm, for sure.
2: Uh, last bit of trivia. The only penalty that the referee Hannah finally calls against the bombers and particularly Racky was a hooking penalty while Youngblood was all alone in the clear, which was correctly called as a penalty shot. I only bring this up. Is this one of like this is Tim Donaghy levels of referee incompetence in, <laughs> in this movie? I mean, the guy just not watching yeah. at all.
3: It, it is absolutely. And yeah, it's it's remarkable how much doesn't get called and you can, you can explain some of it away from a movie. The one thing I would say in the defense of that as a plot point is this is very much a, like the old barn, the drunk crowd. We want to get out of here with our lives. So maybe we'll just let them fight it out and not to not insert ourselves too much. But, but yeah, you can, this is not a refereeing clinic. You should not point a one to this and be like, this is how you referee a game.
2: Very much a let the boys play style of refereeing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so as for the the most authentic and least authentic parts of this movie, again, not a hockey expert, I kind of I, I reached out to a listener of mine, Connor McNellis. He um, he's he's my hockey guy. He he looped me in as far as Mystery Alaska goes. Um, thinks it thinks it holds up fairly well as far as it, an authentic hockey movie. Like obviously, it takes some liberties um, with with certain things, but is there is there something for you that stood out as this is the most authentic part of this movie?
3: Yeah, I, I think.
2: Honestly, I'm
3: sort of in two minds about it. I think like like the actual way this concludes with the the penalty shot and then the fight at center ice, it wouldn't necessarily happen exactly that way. But that, that theme to me feels very authentic. And the theme that runs through this of it's not good enough just to be incredibly good. It's not good enough. Just to be incredibly talented, you also have to be able to stick up for yourself on the ice and fight if necessary. And I, I don't know that that's true for all hockey. I don't know that ever was true in all of hockey. I mean, the 80s also had Wayne Gretzky, who was more more less tough than Youngblood and did just great. But uh, I, I think that theme fits very much with junior hockey at this time. And to me, that feels really authentic
2: the thing that was um the th- I, I i agree with that a, a lot because it did it, it did feel really rough and tumble and from everything i know about that era is that's that's kind of uh, again the let the boys play kind of thing like they i mean and that's part of hockey culture and i think that's not being phased out per se but it's definitely there's definitely more of an impetus on like hey maybe we shouldn't have our athletes kick the shit out of each other at every single at every single game maybe that's not the best for the sport but they they definitely do um it it does come off as especially with like that league is such like a fight or flight kind of thing it's like you you're fighting to survive you're fighting to get drafted that sort of thing um plus like you know 20 year old dudes just love to scrap so that that kind of goes into that um the thing that felt really authentic to me, and it, it's kind of a mixed take because they, uh, Youngblood's brothers, says coach Chadwick's the best coach in the league. Now I've got kind of a, a take I was workshopping for later. I don't think he's a very good coach, hmm. but he d- I do find him very authentic hmm. because the style of his coaching style is you guys suck. I should have signed someone else. If you know my way or the highway, that's a realistic coach.
1: If you don't want one of these. I'll do it too. You better start hitting out there. Let him know you're in the same goddamn rink. I didn't drive halfway up the the fucking Arctic Circle to get my ass kicked by these goons. Next half, you could skate around with a carton of eggs and not break any out there.
2: That is a, that's, he's like the ex player. They said the story on him was he's like an ex NHL All Star, ex enforcer, thing like that like that came off, he came off as a very realistic character. I didn't think he was a very good coach, but that style of coach, especially in the eighties, like this is, we're long before players think they have any sort of rights whatsoever. And so that to me was, was very, very, very authentic.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think with that character, they, they really nailed who that guy would be, who it would be if you had gone from, the NHL coaching this junior team. And especially like you mentioned um, for, for thinking his conversations about like players are spoiled. Players have two May rights. I really love the one where he talks about ever uh, uh, everybody wants vacations now and Gordy Howe signed. Uh, he just, he just got a jacket and then there's a great chirp from uh, the kids of lousy agent. But that's, but, uh, yeah, Swayze, that's, that's totally true. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's a, it's a great shirt from, Swayze, but it's, a, uh, it's, yeah, it's like, that's absolutely who that guy would be in that situation.
2: Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, what jumped out to you? Actually, you know what I, I have, there's one more thing that's authentic. It doesn't have to do with sports, but it's just a single exchange. It's when, uh, it's when low and Chadwick's daughter, uh, whose, whose name is escaping me in this movie, but our, our love interest, uh, Jesse, uh, low and Jesse are talking, And uh, she says to him when Roblo is like, I might as well take you out since I'm being benched for it. She says, how do you know I'll take you out? And he says, because your old man doesn't want you to. (laughs) Yes. Very, very authentic (laughs) in that regard. Yeah, I I think
3: her character is interesting too. And like, there's so many ways that character could have been done poorly and like done as just one dimensional. I think she's she's quite interesting. I think there's a little depth to her; like she isn't immediately head over heels with this guy. She gives as good as she gets from him for a long time, and uh, I think that is it's a pretty good performance there.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. It's it's certainly we'll get into it how how the movie kind of handles that that particular storyline. Mm-hmm. But she's she's certainly up for the challenge at least. Mm-hmm. As far as just holding it with Rob low on screen, um, sports-wise, what was the was there something that jumped out to you? as is the least authentic part of this movie?
3: So yes, there is, and the the it's it, and it sort of it works for the sake of the movie, but it stands out a little more because they got so many other details about junior hockey, right? So the this final here is the Memorial Cup, but the Memorial Cup is a cross Canada tournament with four teams it's not this like best of and it's in one location it's not this like drawn out over two weeks where you would drive to Thunder Bay and then drive back to Hamilton and play so that sort of stands out to me as inauthentic and especially because like so much of the rest of this is right um I I think it would have worked better if they'd been like this is the OHL the Ontario Hockey League final um you could make you could make that argument and it worked it works here to draw that out for the sake of the drama. So Youngblood has time to go back to the farm and learn to fight and all that, but it just feels a little silly compared to what that would actually be.
2: So that that's a very like technical inauthentic thing. That's something that I would have had no idea. Mine is a little more just like all this stuff happens in two weeks.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that's true. Youngblood, too.
2: yeah. He plays like two games. He loses his love for hockey. He gets in a seemingly deeply committed relationship with someone who's very afraid. That could have been you, Dean, on that stretcher. Like, you guys have known each other for a week. You need to relax, lady. Uh, Dean drives back down to the farm, does like four hours of farm work, learns to fight, comes back for a game. And that happens in two weeks.
3: That's true. Yeah, it's a a very eventful couple of weeks for this guy.
2: Like he's he's back at the farm just agonizing over this team he spent like I just over 72 hours with in reality and that's like and that's the that's the one thing with this movie and we'll get into it but like that's where I feel like they really could have could have made a better decision like let's run this over two months. And let's see him develop this relationship with with Swayze, with Sutton mm-hmm. and develop their relationship with Jesse and things like that. And like, it's like, he goes from this upstart of like, I'm going to play in the pros no matter what, like I'm, I'm going to play in the pros to coach Chadwick made me upset and I'm done with hockey. And it's, I've been here for seven days. Like, you know what? Maybe, maybe hockey really wasn't for you, young blood. and like you can, <laughs> like a weekend you see one guy get cracked and a dirty hit and you're like, I'm done with this. Like maybe, maybe you shouldn't get drafted.
3: Yeah. No, I, I think, I think that's a good point. And uh there's a lot that could be done here on the character side if it was stretched out longer
2: for sure definitely definitely let's take a quick ad break and then get back with what worked
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data
2: Okay, so we're back. Uh, what worked about this one? What what is the reason that we come back to this, or that this movie kind of holds up like we've like we've discussed that we haven't talked about yet?
3: So uh, I think there's a couple of things. I think the the through line through it that really draws me to it is the relationship between Patrick Swayze and Rob Lowe here. I, I think they have they have great chemistry together, the two of them bonding and the two of them talking about hockey and talking about life. Uh, I, I love the, the speech that Swayze gives in the, the basement there where they're hanging out and drinking beer and shooting hockey. And he's talking about how uh, the, the coaches and the agents have the advantages because everybody just wants to play hockey. And it, this means so much to him. He wants this to be his career. He doesn't want to do anything else. And so to me, that's that's very compelling. It rings very true. And it, it's an interesting ongoing interaction between these two guys and and i think that actually is built up well like they aren't he doesn't he doesn't instantly bond with the new kid the new kid isn't suddenly the captain's favorite or whatever but like it, it's built up realistically they find out how much they have in common how much they like each other and it gets to a point where seeing swayze's character get get taken out that way really does have this crazy effect on on uh, youngblood
2: it's almost like they were brothers from another universe. Imagine how easy it was to sell this movie when they're like, yeah, we got this hockey movie. We got the, the two, we got soda pop and dairy from the outsiders like, go.
3: <laughs> Perfect. Right. There you right.
2: Go. like, you know, it's going to be a great eighties movie. Um, something I like about it. It gets right into it. Like it doesn't, this movie doesn't mess around at all. And it's interesting. That it takes place like over the course of these two weeks, but it's just basically like, the first scene is besides the opening credits is I've got to try it with Hamilton. The dad doesn't totally believe in it. Lowe says, I've got to play junior. If I want to want to play pro boom, like you've explained it to people who don't really understand why he's going to do this, what he's going to do. You set up some, some future conflict with the dad or some, some things like that. And like, we're we're off he's he's going to hamilton for this trial like we don't we don't see a couple we don't have like a scene where it's like one of his local games and then him talking to a scout and stuff like that it's like nope get him up to hamilton let's get going let's get let's get to the stuff that matters
3: yes to the chase in in that way quite well and i think it makes sense to vote that this is a movie about him in hamilton not not a movie about like his entire life i think that's a good choice
2: yeah i really like the score too um (laughs) it's definitely really 80s a lot of synth going on but it's it it keeps you on edge like it's i i'm not like i'm not very good at it expressing why a score is good or why a score isn't good but this one for being you know one of those heavy synth 80s you know trailers like or scores it doesn't um it's not corny which I think is the best compliment you can give an 80s trailer like it just it keeps up pacing it's tense, it's a little electronica, but it works it works for the hockey movie it doesn't go it doesn't go with the ultra inspiring vibe, which is good because this isn't that movie this isn't miracle it doesn't need that kind of uplifting score so I thought that was really effective.
3: Yeah, no, I think that totally works. And that's a, that's a nice addition to it for sure. I think we, we talked about it a bit as well too, but uh, I I really like the coach's performance throughout this. I think that there, there's some great coaching speeches here, some great tirades. Uh, he's got some incredible, he's got some incredible lines. Um,
2: I, I don't, have you ever watched uh, Letterkenny or Shorzy? so that that's it's actually funny you mentioned that i was i was uh messaging i was talking today to my my often co-host on the show alex mcdaniel who's telling me i need to watch shorzy i have had a couple listeners tell me i need to watch shorzy they will be i'm sure thrilled right now that i'm talking about shorzy but I, I and you tell me what you think i i was told that it is ted lasso but hockey
3: yeah that that's a good description but much dirtier as as well and uh shorty shorty is is i think really good and really really well done and is sort of like um a take on hockey at the level after this of what happens when you're just playing senior hockey and and how that fits in but it it it, it, it could it could be in some ways an updated version of this but uh but shorty actually spun out of letter kenny and spun out of the hockey scenes there and to me, one of the funniest parts of Letter is the hockey stuff. Like, they get who these hockey players are very well. And their coach is a hilarious parody of, of hockey coaches. And, like, it's the coach in this movie, but dialed up to 12, right? And so it, it, it's interesting watching this after seeing something like that and being like, oh, okay, this is one of the things they might have been drawing on.
2: Yeah, he does. I mean, like I said, he he feels so authentic. Like, he feels like that gritty ex NHL player who's probably super frustrated having to coach these kids in in some way or not. I mean, these, these young men and stuff like that, but um, it's, it's a, it's a really, it's a strong performance. Um, Something that really worked. Did you happen to catch the uh, on Racky's first goal? Did you happen to catch the name of the guy who, who assisted the goal?
3: Uh, Oh, that that happened to be Dick paradise,
2: Dick paradise paradise assist from Dick paradise. Yeah, need to know who worked that joke
3: in. I did. I did note that.
2: That, uh, that, that always killed me. Um, but I, I think in general, uh, just a lot of listen, you don't, you don't always know what you're going to get from your, your leading cast. I mean, in this one, you kind of had an idea. You've seen them work together before, but you're just spot on with the, the chemistry Swayze and low and just like pure charisma. I mean, Patrick Swayze in you know a year after this comes out is one of the biggest movie stars on the planet and you can absolutely see why and that stuff even in, even in a movie that doesn't reach the high, I mean uh, you know I, I like dirty dancing enough but like this movie isn't that you know that much below dirty dancing but it's the the charisma a guy like this with with worse casting with someone who doesn't have the the natural movie star tendencies of a Patrick Swayze, he probably drags both those movies down significantly, both young blood and, and dirty dancing. Um, like I think point break could have been sick regardless, but, but Swayze is incredible in that, but it, it does help to have these guys. And this is still like, it's just low before low knew exactly what he did best because Rob Lowe has never really been the leading man. Like he's a little, he's a little funnier in their shades of it when he has like, he has some funny quips in this one. Cause like that's Rob Lowe, what Rob Lowe does best really is comedy. Um, he's excellent in the West wing, but he's not, he's not carrying that. That's an ensemble. Um, but like Rob Lowe and parks and rec is uh, amazing. And so this kind of, he's got some charisma. He certainly looks the part he is, you know, he is kind of the beacon for what a good looking eighties actor is Rob Lowe. But, um, Swayze is the the clear leader in the clubhouse, but like Lowe does enough for this one to to help carry the movie and help be, at least be a believable leading leading actor.
3: Yeah, to- totally agree. And that's an interesting alternate universe to consider. With what if you made this movie but Swayze sleek. I think it might be a little better, but you'd ha- you'd have to rewrite the story quite a bit, obviously, because then then it's not the hot hot shot prospect but i i like i like swayze's character here a lot i think it's a great performance and i think it really helps carry the movie
2: i agree i agree and actually i when we go into what what didn't work or maybe how to improve it i want to talk about like a little diving a little more into swayze's character because i think they could have done it but let's let's go to the strikeout which is the worst or most head-scratching moment in this movie i feel like we're gonna possibly gonna have the same one what is your what is the worst or most head scratching moment in this movie for you?
3: So for me, it's the most cringy moment in this movie, and that's where they hold Rob Lowe's new to the team player down and shave his pubic hair. <laughs> and that is the one and, I uh,
2: had that like blew my mind watching that. <laughs> well,
3: and I think what's what's interesting about that too is I think like I'm sure that happened. I'm sure something like that happened on some junior hockey team junior hockey was long infamous for a lot of hazing. But I think what's interesting is like the conversation about that has changed so dramatically since this movie came out. There have been incredible junior hockey hazing scandals. There has been like there's been so much that we don't laugh at that eh, anymore like i'm sure at that time that was oh hey funny moment look at look at these dudes being bros or whatever but like today that that scene does not really work for
2: me i was i was flabbergasted (laughs) when i was like I, i i literally i thought i was like oh this has to be a joke like they're just pranking him and like nope shaved his balls with a straight razor shaved like just is hazing. And I get, like you said like sure that happened. Sure that was not just invented by, by Peter Markle. It's like, ah, oh, this would be funny. Like <laughs> I'm sure that was based on something. So, uh yeah, that one I kind of the runner up for me and I'm sure again this is something that was a huge hit in the 80s but was the Miss McGill who is running the uh run, running the house they're all staying in and apparently also you know, a woman in her late forties, early fifties, sleeping with all the players, kind of shades of uh summer catch kind of ripped this off, you know, 15 years later, but that one too, that one gets even more uncomfortable when I was like, man, she looks familiar. And I looked her up and she is the, the, the mom and four brothers, the, the old, the old woman who gets shot at the beginning of four brothers, the movie where Mark Wahlberg and Tyrese and Andre Benjamin and Garrett Hedlund are all, uh, all adopted siblings. So that one was, uh, I, I probably probably could have done without that part, but I understand that people were like in the 80s probably thought that was just the funniest, coolest thing ever.
3: So yeah, I think part of what makes this feel a little weird for me—the Miss McGill scene with, with Dean Youngblood, Rob Lowe's character—is that he's seventeen, and he doesn't have to be seventeen. This is this is major junior; they've got eighteen-year-olds involved, but it, it just it seems it seems a little weird, and it seems a little weird with how it's portrayed in particular of. of he, he doesn't really seem to have a whole lot of say in what's happening here. He meets this woman two seconds ago and she comes up to his room, brings tea, and then is like, like you, and me, we're having sex right now. And so I can see why they did this. I think there there certainly is a long history of some some problems with uh, Billet families as, and sleeping with players, Some sometimes parents, sometimes the, the kids of the Billet families and so on. But I think this scene feels a little uncomfortable in retrospect and it, it maybe, uh, maybe would be a little different if it was being done today.
2: Yeah. I think both the, the pube shaving and the miss <laughs> McGill stuff, I think if they remake this movie, probably probably getting left out And again, like summer catch did the thing. And so it's like in, in the year 2000, we still thought this was funny, but I think even now it's just like, yeah, probably not probably not but um as far as what didn't work for this one are there there any of the things that stand out for you as didn't quite not quite landing with this no i i i think
3: the the rest of it works reasonably well um i would say however i think like I think the last hour or so of this movie is stronger than the earlier part. I, I think that if I'm if I'm watching this, I might fast forward through some of the early stuff, through uh, through the through the shaving, maybe through the Miss McGill, the 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 oh the other one that does maybe fit in there too is a little uncomfortable and boom would be different if they did it today is the scene where they're hitting on the girls in the bar. And even uh, and trolling the one girl by slipping slipping the guy's uh, dentures or whatever into her drink, and it's like, okay, yeah, we we get it, you're hockey pranksters or whatever, but it, it feels a little weird, a little uncomfortable, maybe.
2: Yeah, and that scene to me was, uh, you're you're exactly right with the the second hour being a lot stronger. That scene to me was kind of a missed opportunity to learn a little bit more about any of the other guys on the team. The one like. Yes. We talk about good sports movies do a good job sharing the ball. Like last week talked about a league of their own on this show, which does a great job of giving, um, giving a lot of those cast members some weight. We know a lot about that team about the, um, uh, you know, about the team from league of their own. Like we don't just know about Gina Davis and Lori Petty's characters. We know about Rosie O'Donnell and, and Madonna and all, you know, all those characters. This one is very much, you know, about Dean You know, a little bit about Sutton, about Swayze's character. Other than that, it's it's pretty minimal. And that one, especially in the first hour, I could have used more hockey, more team stuff. And I think that's where if you stretched over the time period, like you got to know them a little bit more. I think that's where there was maybe in that first hour, some missed opportunity to just have a little more weight to wanting this team to win.
3: Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think that's a great point of n- not really getting anything on any of these other, uh, other hockey players. I mean, and even uh, Keanu's character is only notice notable because it's Keanu He has like two lines in the movie. And that's, that's,
2: yeah, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't even, we wouldn't think a second about him if he was not Keanu Reeves. Right.
3: And uh, so like, and especially given that that's a guy with that much talent imagine if he'd gotten to have a personality and I think it's interesting. Um, if you look you look back at the mighty ducks series that we talked about before and one thing they do really well is they give those players different personalities and they give and especially in like the second one they give even the new characters each get their own specific fame they get their moment to shine and so on this m- movie yeah there really isn't anyone you know anything about beyond swayze and Lowe.
2: absolutely yeah and that's and that's where you know we we they put in some work to the, the romantic relationship as well. And like, listen, I, I you're trying to sell tickets. And I think if you had Rob Lowe in this movie and you didn't give him a potential (laughs) romantic partner, I think you're probably not doing your job in 1986, but um, it's still something it's like, I think I really think this could have been the hockey version of everybody wants some, Mm. which I don't know. Have you, have you checked out? Everybody wants some, it's been a
3: while, but yeah, I saw that. uh, I saw that at one point.
2: So one of my favorite baseball movies and kind of does a great job and, in, in you know, of doing the team thing and giving you a ton mm. of characters to kind of hang your hat on, you know, those guys. And I, I really think this done a different way could have been something like that. And like that bar scene was it mm. like, that's where you, you do see like, it's so fitting, like Swayze holding court, mm-hmm. you know, yep. and he's, he's that guy. He's that guy. They're all going to gravitate to. It's, it's pretty natural. Uh, but but some more personalities could have shined through besides the, the guys not really saying much, but just pranking a girl, just putting a full on top set of dentures in a, in a girl's drink, which is just extremely gross. Um, I, had, I had a couple other things that like it, they don't kill the movie, but they just they just don't work. I just had some questions. Um, I, I, I will say much like not being a diehard hockey fan, I'm not a doctor. Uh, sudden so he gets a skull fracture yeah he gets a plate in his head mm-hmm. he's conscious and talking the same night
3: yeah yeah um i'm also not a doctor but yeah i can see that maybe being, being a little unrealistic for sure
2: that one was like it i i i couldn't i i Watched it twice and I was trying to garner. I was like, is it the next day? Is it, is it that night? Cause it seems like that night, but at the same time, I think even if it was the next day, he wouldn't have been, you know, alert and mm. saying whatever he was saying. But, um, I also, the, so Youngblood goes back to the farm, yes. you know, hang, hangs mm-hmm. it up, decides to go, to go back to the farm. It gave me Derek Zoolander and the coal mine vibes. <laughs> <laughs> like Rob Lowe didn't come off as a very realistic farmer. I, I can I can see that, and I I think um the farm
3: scenes to me, both at the start and and a, in his return to the farm, are interesting, and I think that your reaction to those may determine a lot of if you like this movie or not. Um, I think the the the. Uh, the montages there are they're very 80s um especially like him working out with his brother in the in the barn uh, on the bag like that that could be ripped right off one of the rocky workouts perhaps and uh it, i think they're they're cheesy they're interesting i like i like them but they really lean into like this is an 80s movie for me rather than this is a very like serious movie the other thing i would say about the farm is i think the thing that stood out to me watching this is like there's so much of this that just reminds me of luke skywalker and star wars a new hope of like the, the <laughs> farm boy you've got even some of the like tatooine sun looking longingly into the setting sun and like the whole like oh i need to need to leave the farm and go make something of myself and even like at the start, his dad like, "Whoa, we need you here for the harvest." And <laughs> So it's it's a little corny, but I, I I enjoy it at least.
2: We were a cup of blue milk short from that. Just being the <laughs> beginning of a new hope. The <laughs> yeah. the last thing with the farm is it, this might have been something that to, was also like not authentic. He's he's at the farm for maybe 48 hours, like then because it's just yeah. in between games, yeah. So, like, two days of lifting and fight training, yeah, <laughs> to beat Racky. Like, Racky is a guy who he is about this life, <laughs> yes. There's yes. one that man wakes up in the morning and he wants to fight somebody, like, wakes up every day praying for a fight. He has been about this fight life. Racky has probably been fighting since before he hit puberty. And two uh, two days of Youngblood, who weighs about 160 (laughs) pounds, is not helping him take down Racky. Oh, on that front, though, talking
3: about unrealistic things. So in the opening thing where uh, Youngblood and Racky are both trying out and they go over their stats and how much they've scored and all that. And Racky's made us this incredible goon, toughest guy around. And he's like, he's six feet and like 198 pounds. And it's like, like, this this guy is not a, a big time hockey enforcer. This guy is
2: hockey average, maybe. <laughs> no, he's just like he's one of those dudes who is an absolute grinder. Like he's mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. you know, like dumber than he is strong. Like he's yeah. just, you know, like there there are dudes who just kind of built different moments, like can just can just brawl. Sure. But Racky also doesn't come across as a guy who hasn't ran into a like someone who is just bigger and stronger Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. better fighter than he is and can't like get his ass whipped. Like, does he come across as a, as a much more physical guy when it's compared to Rob Lowe? Sure. Yes. But not, you know, he's, it's not like we go back to goon, like Schreiber just seems like it seems like a big guy. Mm -hmm. Like he seems like he's got like, he's got the, the, uh, like the savvy about him. And Raki just seems like kind of like a... He's like Gimli. He's just like a dwarf who can just, (laughs) you know, work you. Yeah, absolutely. And and I mean, like, there have been
3: some... Hockey enforcers who aren't all that big necessarily. I mean, you got guys like Taidomi who had long NHL careers as enforcers without being huge. But it's just funny to me that that's the stat on him is that he he's six feet and one hundred and ninety eight pounds, and that, that, that's like, oh man, the biggest toughest guy ever.
2: Yeah, I understand athletes have gotten bigger, but come on, could have uh, you know. I mean, Racky definitely looked the part as a as a baller, but not, you know, not a big guy. Um let's let's get into best scene. Uh, I'm going to go through these chronologically. If I, you know, if I miss any of your favorites, definitely stop me. Um this one I I, I don't know about you. Did you feel like many scenes like were that much better? Like there, were there any like clear standouts to you because it seems like a lot of these scenes were kind of on equal footing for me. Like it was hard to put one over the other. I think yeah,
3: I think about the only one that really truly stands out to me is is the climax, uh, the the final game, the penalty shot, and then the fight with Rocky. And and like and that still that still works for me. That still is me jumping off the couch. <laughs>
2: and so. Oh yeah, yeah. When um, when Low just says, "Let's go!" Yeah, like yeah. hell yeah, brother, let's pretty go. boy, let's um, go, pretty boy. <laughs> yeah.
1: go pretty boy let's go
2: like there's um you know there's some good like i i enjoy i enjoy the tryout like yeah raki right off the bat is a complete psychopath like yes. you know, he's dirty he's dirty hits in a tryout like i i think that's i also like i don't know hockey that well i feel like you cannot hit a dude with your stick in the face and Racky does it all the time.
3: <laughs> well, well, I mean, if you have this level of referee, maybe, but, but yeah, I think that is one thing that maybe stands out on the realism front is that like the Thunder Bay team is not portrayed as a realistic dirty team. Like you, if if they were, you'd have them like throwing hits a little bit after the whistle, throwing some elbows, crashing guys into the boards, and so on. No, they're just like they're straight up mugging guys on the ice and fully getting away with it.
2: Yeah, it's like uh, future mob enforcers of Canada <laughs> on all on all on one team. Um, a, a scene you mentioned earlier, and it's one of the only. I think it's the best non hockey scene. Is that one where? Youngblood goes over to Sutton's apartment after, um, after the first game, and it's it's Swayze kind of kind of spit and wisdom, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and that is something I could have used a lot more of. Yeah,
3: absolutely. No one, did. and and that shows off the chemistry between them too. Like- like those two guys hanging out is great in this movie.
2: Yeah. And we, and we could have gotten, we could have gotten a lot more of that, but like Swayze has the, the quote in that, like the, I can play the game and so can you, like he's seeing him, seeing him as this equal is this talent and things like that. Like he, you know, it's like the, you know, it, this seems like the beginning of a beautiful friendship. And yes. Then like he yeah. shatters his, shatters his skull in, in the next game. Um, So I, I think, I think it's it's pretty indisputable that the the Young Blood fighting Racky is the best scene. I don't think there's mm-hmm. really any argument. Like it all builds up to that it's supposed to be the best scene, but it is really fun. Like it's 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 great. There except like it starts out they're fighting with their sticks like their goddamn yeah. lightsabers, yeah. which is like what are, what are we doing here? But yeah. other than that, it's it's really good. I, I did want to ask you the, the the first game against Thunder Bay, mm-hmm. I the, the fight is like is comical like mm. it's just like this is every single person goes out like you're half expecting to see mascots fighting each other. <laughs> like it's it's one of those things like every like denture i think when dentures get kicked across the ice yeah. when i kind of hold up my hands and be like this is one of the most ridiculous things i've ever seen in my life
3: the thing is though that Definitely does
2: happen, like especially. I
3: don't know if it happens at that level in the Memorial Cup final, but yeah, you definitely have, and especially in '80s junior hockey, you definitely have had moments where both of the teams were rushing, rushing everybody out there. The one thing I really enjoy there is uh,
2: the coach Chadwick going into the stands and beating up the fan. <laughs> Absolutely love that. And you know, that's that's had to have happened before too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> Um, for best quote in this one, is there is there one that stands out to you? You actually mentioned one of the ones I had written down. The uh the thing about Gordy Howe. You know what Gordy Howe's bonus was when he signed? A jacket, a team jacket, and then Swayze saying lousy agent. Yes. Uh, it was one of my favorites. You
3: know what Gordy Howe's bonus was when he signed? Jacket. A team jacket. Lousy agent. I love I love that one. Um, I have two, I have two more, and your fondness for them also will depend on your willingness to lean into the cheese here. But I I do love some of the ones from when he goes back to the farm. Uh, what do you want uh, to do? Spread manure or play hockey for a twenty thousand people at Madison Square Garden? And <laughs> then the the other one along that line um, is and that one's from. Uh, that one's from his brother, or Youngblood's brother, Kelly Youngblood. And then I do love the like the, the, in uh, just a little his dad gets very little screen time throughout this movie. But I do like the scene of his dad putting on his old skates and going out onto the ice with him and not not playing hockey with him, showing him how to fight.
2: And the that is the of- most like canadian or like upper upper new (laughs) york dad thing ever like just gruff stubborn dad fight me pansy and and he has an
3: amazing line of you can learn to punch in the barn
2: but you gotta learn to survive on the ice so that's it's really good one that's actually i should have written that down that's that's better the only i had uh i had written down when again from that scene in in swayze's apartment when he says, "Do uh, you still like playing?" and Swayze just says, "Fucking love it." Yes, and I think that's more just like the Swayze delivery. Mm-hmm. Really, really enjoyed that.
3: Yeah, no, that
2: that that is that is great for sure. I think your line from the dad, though, actually, I love that. Like, sign me up for all that cheesiness. I, I think,
3: I think that one of the, the survive on the ice. I think that's the one from this movie that gets quoted the most in hockey circles. There are a lot of people in hockey circles will quote that line.
2: Yeah, that's that's good for me then. Um, the Kevin Costner and Freddie Prince Jr. Awards for best and worst on-screen athlete. Racky was played by George Finn, who is actually a, a real professional hockey player. Mm. Interesting. So, yeah. So that's, I mean, that's a, um, you know, that's a, I feel like that's an easy win for, for the worst athlete. I, no one really stands out, but I think it's kind of obvious that it's, it's probably low.
3: Yeah, no, I, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't have any argument with either of those I think, like I said, Swayze is surprisingly good, but that's that skating background uh, makes sense. I do think, however, though, the, the um, for me, the the best on screen thing isn't the athlete; it's uh, Ed Lauderus coach Murray Chadwick. And I just think, like we talked about it earlier, but that is just that's exactly who that coach is.
2: Yeah, he's. I mean, he's nails. I mean, we can we can roll that into the Letty Harris pinch hitter award for best supporting character, mm. but like. He's great. I mean, normally I start this category out with like who is in this movie too much to not be a supporting character. I feel like it's mm-hmm. only Youngblood. Yeah. I feel yes. like He's the only one. I feel like everyone else. So is for me, character. it's kind of yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a matchup between Ed Lauder as Coach Chadwick and then Swayze.
3: Yeah. I think I think that those would be the two. I think out of those I would pick Swayze just because I think Swayze is really the core of this movie, but uh, but uh, Lauder certainly makes it close.
2: Yeah, I also like that Lauder, uh, not only is he a good coach in this movie, or like an a, a authentic coach, have you seen Not Another Teen Movie? I have not. Uh, oh, so Lauder plays, it's, it's a parody of all those teen movies uh, starring a young Chris <laughs> Evans. And Lauder plays a high school football coach in that movie who just says God, like his whole thing is just saying God damn it all the time. <laughs> and it, it, the performance absolutely kills me. Like it is... It is one of my like. I I think I'm just gonna send it to you when we get off because it yeah absolutely it absolutely it slays me.
1: God damn it! let show some goddamn hustle. we got live out there. This is a goddamn tryout, you know. Twenty one. God damn. Twenty one. What the hell? God damn it! Nobody's covering that hole out there. God damn it!
2: Let's do it again. I agree though. It's like it's Swayze. I mean, how many movies? Which I guess, I guess just the outsiders, like how many movies have Patrick Swayze is kind of like just a pinch hitter, just using him a little bit. Like Mm -hmm. he's, it, it, it fall. I was kind of looking his IMDb. It falls off pretty quick for him. Mm -hmm. Like uh, I I think it's like dirty dancing is 87. Mm -hmm. And then to Wong Fu is, is 95. And after that, he's not really, there's nothing really that kind of takes it up another notch for him Mm. that's kind of it and then he he, you know he he obviously um you know passes away pretty prematurely and but for those like for those eight years seven eight years like this was one of the most dynamic people on the planet
3: absolutely and i I think the other interesting thing there maybe is is a movie you brought up a little earlier but there's uh, there's some level uh, of similarity with how Swayze is used here and how he's used in Point Break, also featuring mm-hmm. Keanu Reeves from this movie. Yes. And <laughs> like th- that, theoretically, isn't really a movie about Swayze's character. It's a it's a movie about Keanu's guy, but Swayze steals a lot of it, and that relationship's really at the whole, the heart of it.
2: Yeah, it's almost crazy how fast it happens for Keanu after this movie. Mm. Like, because he's with this movie, uh, like Swayze and low, it had, had, had the outsiders low had St. Elmo's fire. Swayze had some stuff in the works like roadhouse is pretty soon after this might be the same year. Um, with Keanu, it's, it's young blood. He's, he's really a nothing burger in yes. this movie. He gets like two lines. That's it. Um, two years later, it's bill and Ted. And then it's like, Oh, Hey, 30 year career. Right.
3: Right. Absolutely.
2: I mean, it's, he's in point break, you know, five years after this, him and him and Swayze reunite five years after it's crazy how fast it happened for Keanu Reeves. Absolutely. Uh, roster moves, swapping out cast members or swapping out any sort of characters. My, my whole thing, I would have liked, you know, can we get some more outsiders cast members (laughs) in this? Like, do do you see, I, I maybe like it. Because there's not really many other roles, honestly, like maybe the Huey role, the guy the the um, you know, the guy who gets gets tossed for game three mm, or gets yeah. suspended for game three. Like, I don't know who from the outsiders like is that is it Do you plug Emilio Estevez in for that?
3: Well, I mean, he, he does show up in hockey movies. So I think that, that's <laughs> that's, that's a good, that's a good call. And I think maybe if you had some more memorable people in those roles, of other people on the team, maybe then you get those characters expanded like we were talking about.
2: Yeah. Um. So this same year, Top Gun comes out. Mm-hmm. So Car- Cruz is busy, <laughs> uh, but he, you know, you could put, you could put Cruz in a hockey movie, he did football. You do. Did you have any other, any other roster swaps that worked for you?
0: Um. Well,
3: let me think about that. Oh, uh, the, you mentioned Top Gun, and that brings one to, one to mind. Uh, so Rick Rossovich in in Top in Top Gun, he's Slider, I believe. And uh, after that, he shows up on uh, Due South as a as a hockey player. So I think uh, and shows off a little bit of hockey skill and so on. So it would be fun to throw him into this, perhaps.
2: Yeah, get having the the cross pollination of hockey movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I Always like that when people who play play the same sport in different movies. I'm a, yes. I'm a big fan of that. Um, the big chill. So the the moment and you know like Roy Hobbs knocking out the lights in the natural. The moment that makes the hair in the back of your neck stand up. Really, one nominee I'd say the the fight with the fight with Racking. I would say more specifically the the let's go mm-hmm. aspect than the actual ending in the fight did did that give you the chills
3: i think it did absolutely and i think that it, it, that that gives me the chills the convincing the coach to let him stay on and fight this guy i think that i think that works great there are two others i would mention that i don't think quite top it but i love the penalty shot i love what he what he does with that uh, even just starting it with the little cocky kick at the puck to his stick rather than just stick handling, and then fakes a slap shot, does a great deke of the goalie and scores. And I thought that was a great way to hem- end the actual important hockey moment of this. And I like that, I like that this movie gave them the on-ice win, that it wasn't just the moral victory of, oh, you, we lost, but you beat up Rocky. So I, I appreciate the penalty shot for doing that. I also really do, it's not as critical a moment, I do really enjoy the the second goal he scores in the final game, where he does a complete double double wraparound circle of the net. I don't think I've ever seen that successfully done in hockey, but it looks cool.
2: Yeah the um, the penalty shot, like that's a that's a format that I feel like always works well in a sports mm-hmm. movie. Like it just it it lines itself up perfectly to movies because you get, you're able to kind of set the tension with like the preparation right before mm-hmm. taking the shot. Usually there's, you know, like in this movie, Racky's arguing it, but usually someone, whoever committed the penalty is arguing about it and stuff like that. Like it, it ups the tension a little bit. It's always a very good device. Absolutely. How to improve this one. Um, What, what would be your go-tos if, if you got to, you got to knife some stuff out of this movie or, or make some changes?
3: So I think, the first thing the first thing would be um what we talked about of expanding the characters uh, expanding the other guys on the team i think your idea of making it about more of the season or at least a couple of months a month would really help with that the uh, but and then the other thing i would do is take out the stuff that doesn't doesn't hold up great in retrospect we, we talked about like uh, the the tea with Miss McGill maybe isn't the best way to play that uh, the, the 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 hazing and shaving in particular and I think uh, one very obvious one we didn't mention earlier is when you, you get some of those crowd shots like there's openly homophobic stuff on the signs these fans are
2: holding up oh yeah the, uh, the F word is, is flying yeah yeah. It's it's that's a tough look. Yeah. I I'd agree. I think the getting 2 months with this team and exploring the other guys on the team at least a little bit cuz then then the team win at the end is cuz once once Sutton is out, Sutton is out and Huey is suspended, there's you don't know, you don't know besides Keanu. Yeah. Yeah. Besides Keanu who you only know as Keanu and you only know this after the fact. You don't you don't really care about anyone else in that team and like you're you're not. It is nice they get the team win, but it's not like you're not living and dying with them. So I think that would have been huge for sure. sure. Last category before more restore prequel, sequel, or remake. I will say off the bat, I think this one is ripe for a remake. I think this would be this could be really fun.
3: Yeah, I completely agree. I think a, a remake. I, I don't know that you you don't need a prequel here because nothing notable really happens with this guy before this, and I don't think you need a sequel. I don't think we need to see. Young blood going off to the NHL. But I, I think a, a remake could be great, and I, I do think it's inter. It's it, we talked a little bit about it earlier, but it's interesting that I think a lot of the energy of this and of the and of the team dynamics and, and the expanded team dynamics and so on does show up in Shores, and uh, to me, Shorzy feels like and it's a, it's a comedy series, but it's also it's a series that takes the ho- hockey that it's playing seriously. And I think it's not that far from what a young blood remake might look like.
2: Yeah. I think that's just a divine sign that I I finally need to jump on Shorzy. <laughs> that's multiple conversations I've had today regarding that show. I, I think I need to make it happen, but I, I think um, you will I, not,
3: I, you will not regret it. I think it, like pe- everybody I know who enjoys sports a lot loves Shorzy. So I, I think, if it it's going It's great work for you.
2: Yeah, I, I'm I'm all for that. I've I've heard I've heard enough good things. Uh I've I, I need to I need to just set aside the time and do it. But I will say I am I would like to first thank our Patreon group for really kind of kind of beating down the door beating down the door with this movie. And they nominated it multiple months, didn't win po- didn't win polls, finally won last month, and I am very glad that it it's been one of the coolest things about the show when I watch something, I get to see something for the first time. Um, a sports movie, and this has been one of the more pleasant surprises. Like, yeah, had stuff from 1986 that didn't age well, but that's pretty much any movie from 1986, but I really enjoyed it. Glad I got to see it. Um, you know, it's, it's not something I'm, I'm certainly not opposed to ever watching this again, but Andrew, I appreciate you taking the time coming on the show. Thank you very much. Uh, where can the folks follow you? Check out what you're doing. Awful announcing in the comeback.
3: Yeah, absolutely. This is great, Kyle. Uh, Great to get to talk about this. And uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Andrew Buckles and you can read my stuff at awfulannouncing.com and thecomeback.com.
2: And if you enjoyed this episode of Big Screen Sports, please remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcast, rate, and leave a review. If you want to pick movies for the show to cover or you just want to support the show out of the goodness of your heart, head to patreon.com slash Sports. If you're a baseball fan, check out my interview series from Phenom to the Farm. That's presented by Baseball America. And we will catch you next Monday on Big Screen Sports. Thanks for listening.